Hello, thank you for listening to PBV Pod. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, and with me today is Troy Witham. Troy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So we are in a classroom. We're actually in Quinn and April's office at Stone Creek Junior High right now. Troy, you and I were filming uh, some video uh, for PBVU, mm-hmm. and then just kind of organically decided to record a podcast episode. Right, right. This is, is, I feel like all of the really good things at Stone Creek happen in this room. It's just where all the brain power just kind of coalesces. It's really good. When I walked in here, I felt the power. <laughs> like, like the force was so strong. That, that is, that is the, that is, what did, what did somebody call it when I was at Avid Summer Institute? They called it, oh, that is the, that's the demo school swag. Oh. That just kind of. When you're around demo school people, there's always just so many things going on at once that you just kind of immediately feel like you're you're in the thick of it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can feel it. So there you go. Uh, maybe people can feel it through their phones or whatever they're listening to this. Hope. Or, right or now. you know, come come visit us, see some see some strategies in action, and just take it back with you to your site. It'll be good. I like it. Um, okay, so this episode is going to be titled Three Questions with Troy Witham." That's like what that. I'm thinking. And I think we should just dive into the first question right now. Alrighty. So the first question is, why should a person be involved with a PBVU professional development leadership team? Other than because it's awesome? Yes. Okay. So other than because it's awesome, um, as, as teachers especially, we get the opportunity weekly to work with our PLC teams, but really that kind of keeps us a lot of times, I think, um, especially with professional development, it keeps us kind of in a little bubble in our own little echo chamber at our site where we talk about the things that are important to us as a site, to us as a team. Um, but we don't necessarily get that opportunity to break out of that and have more personal conversations about what we as individual teachers need, but then also what individual teachers at other sites might be wanting. Uh, when you're with the uh, PDLT, What's really helpful is now you have a group of people you can have that conversation with, and as you put together um, sessions that either you're going to maybe just help plan, maybe you're going to facilitate or instruct, you get that opportunity to you know, reflect on what tools are going to be best for teachers, um, you know, get some of that feedback, but also constantly have that opportunity to refine. Uh, and for me, especially thinking in terms of... Uh, you know, we're at an avid site. I like that idea of being able to constantly come back, revisit, expose ourselves again to the information. Okay, are we seeing something different? Um, and uh, when we instruct courses, even though it may reappear, it's probably going to be a little bit different because we've had that time to go back, talk to the team, revise, and uh, make improvements. So, good. Yeah, yeah thank you. Second question. <laughs> How can a teacher use video to engage students in their learning? I know this is, isn't necessarily about PBVU. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more of just how have you used video in your classroom? So uh, I'll, I think I'll start with the one that I feel like a lot of our newer teachers are readily familiar with um, because they've just finished um, you know, credentials and they, they did their TPAs and some of our um, you know, teachers who, like me, they've got a few years in, or even our veteran teachers have maybe, they've gotten away from, is 
just filming yourself in the classroom so you can reflect on your own teaching. Um, it can be a little disconcerting at first to see that camera in the back and to know that everything you do now is preserved, but um, it's also super beneficial because just like you know, we get to, if, if you're a fan of sports in any fashion, getting able to, being able to watch a playback of something that just happened, you immediately get to see a breakdown of all the skills that are at work. You get to see how that individual player is reacting to stimuli. With a teacher, you immediately get to see the exact same thing. You get to see, okay, how did I implement this skill versus how do I think I implemented it? How did I address this behavior in the classroom? Are my students all responding um, with the same level of engagement that I think they are? You immediately get to see that. Um, I think outside of that, the next way it can, I mean, just start to kind of unleash what your students can do is instead of presenting, you know, another uh, PowerPoint or Google slide or, um, or listening without any visual, give them a video to watch. You know, may, of course, make it purposeful. Don't make it too long. You, you know, anyone loses focus. Uh, you know, you go to a movie theater and most adults, they have a minute or two where they zone out and miss something in a movie because it's just too long. But when you have a three to five minute thing that the students are able to watch and focus on for a purpose, that can really change how they're using those listening skills. It can really change how they're reflecting on what they're learning. Um, past that, I think something that teachers could do would really be to start converting those slide presentations they're using for uh, instructional pieces or uh, vocabulary, especially in ELD classes, recording those via um, Screencastify, uh, uh, screen I think it's Castomatic, um, so, uh, you know, even Loom, and having those posted to Google Classroom so that students can go back and revisit on their own time when they're away from the teacher, but they still need that teacher's you know, familiar voice to kind of walk them through the material. I think that's one of the things I, that all teachers should really do to start driving that. Um, there are lots of things that people could do. We could probably sit here and talk all day about every way to uh, include video, but I think those are the big ones. I think an important point uh, of what you first said with a teacher filming you know, themselves is that they don't have to share that video with anyone. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. they don't have to go and post it on social media or right. put it in Google Classroom. They can just be the only ones that watch it right. and learn from it. And then if they want to keep it, great. Right. If they want to delete it, that's great too. Mm -hmm. But just being able to hear yourself and see yourself in the classroom while you're working, uh, it, it's one of the biggest ways you can improve your practice, for most sure. Most definitely. And, and I think, too, um, an important point is, you know, um, most sites, I think, now have, um, you know, an academic coach that they uh, can work with and, you know, and lean on for support. And I think even if you, for instance, um, especially if you're at an elementary site, you don't have that uh, immediate ability of, oh, well, so-and-so has a prep period, they can come in and observe me to kind of give me feedback on what I'm working on. Especially if you're at an elementary site, film yourself and make, consider maybe sharing that with your academic coach to get that extra pair of eyes and ears on something you're working on that you want that feedback. Because a lot of times, even though it's video, um, we have that, that bias of, well, uh, you know, oh no, it's fine. but someone else may see that one way that you could really take it to the next level. 
yeah, instructional rounds are so much easier to facilitate and actually follow through with right. a school site mm -hmm. if you're using video because oh, yeah. you don't need to worry about subs um, logistically. It's, it's, it's a lot easier as well. Definitely. So um, good point. Okay. So we had two questions. The third question we'll have in order to fit the title that mm -hmm. we're going to have for this episode <laughs> is how can podcasting revolutionize a classroom? How can what we're doing right now revolutionize a classroom? I mean, okay, so, I mean, like, this, this is like when all of a sudden the Matrix came out and you were like, wow, movies can do that. So podcasting is the same thing. I mean, I was a fan of podcasts and listened to them for years before I started teaching. And then once I started teaching and saw podcasting for classrooms, I freaked out because this is such an amazing tool that not a lot of people consider. Uh, for myself, for instance, um, I, have, I was talking with you about this idea I have for next year. When I went to Q Conference, I saw a, a session on an app called Anchor, which you use. To we're using it your, right now. We're using it right now yeah. to do podcasting. And I want to use that not necessarily to do a podcast for my classroom, but instead, in, you know, rather than posting um, my sub plans for the day and giving the sub a copy and the kids a copy, why don't I just record my sub plans and send them to the students via Google Classroom? They can listen. They can replay my instructions over and over because especially if I have, um, let's say, you know, an EL student who might struggle with the language in the sub plan, they can listen to me tell them what to do and they immediately know what tools to go access and how to get through the assignment. Um, past that, one, one thing that I'm wanting to do is create a private podcast that my students could use where I walk through some of our skill lessons in StudySync with them so I can actually kind of uh, give them a video if I want like I've done in the past or I can stop and give them information about key elements of the lesson or I can walk through some vocabulary that they could listen to as they work on an assignment. Um, one kind of ambitious idea that I want to have is Next year, I want to maybe theme my class, and I'm I'm a I'm a Star Wars and Star Trek nerd, so I want to maybe theme it as Star Trek and have away missions. And I think it would be totally awesome to have a podcast that is the away mission briefing for the kids, so they listen to it, and then they can go do their activities and then loop in. Um, oh gosh, Flipgrid for them to come back and respond to the mission briefing together and collaborate that way. So, you know, podcasting has the ability to really change the way that students and teachers um, talk and listen and engage on what's being learned. But at the same time, it also has that ability to open you up just like, um, oh, uh, what's, can't remember the name of the program now, but like video calling and different apps like that, programs that we've had over the years, even like Google Hangouts or Meet, this has the ability to open you up to other classrooms all over the world um, and get different ideas, different bits of feedback on what you're doing, and even give other students uh, mm -hmm. you know, a creative look at how to tackle a skill or a lesson. So, Yeah, I think you touched upon SAMR a lot, the substitution, ah. augmentation, modification, redefinition. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is definitely the modifying, redefining mm -hmm. learning. Uh, and then also that's closely tied to DOK. Of course, yes. Bringing lots Absolutely. of things together and creating, producing, 
possibly evaluating if people are responding, that's yes. getting to DOK three and possibly four Absolutely. because you are synthesizing a lot of different things in order to create something. And, and honestly, you know, as a district, one of our focuses has been the speaking and listening portion of the CASP assessment. And through apps like Anchor and Flipgrid, we have, you know, just podcasting and recording in general, we have that ability to really get an authentic picture of how our students listen, how they respond. Um, but even more than that, I'm taken back to when I was in eighth grade at Warren with Sally Hodges and we had a project where if we wanted to, we could create our own, you know, 1930s, 40s style um, radio broadcast of our own story that we wrote. This is, you know, just the 21st century of doing that. No more tape recorders. They can just use their phones, submit, and the kids have this wonderful outlet to use and learn from. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. We'll put, uh, I'll put a lot of the stuff in the show notes. Sounds great. Um, Troy, is there anything else you'd like to add before we leave any books you've been reading podcasts you've been listening to videos or just anything you'd like to share before we go so um (laughs) i would say one of the one of the podcasts that i've that uh, that i've been listening to that i i love because he's um he's just super high energy and it's hilarious to listen to him as he goes through but it's called getting curious with jonathan van ness and he talks about um different um things going on just across you know across the planet um politically um just uh, different uh, there's been a cooking one one time um he is really kind of embodying in this podcast what i wish all of our students would be just get curious about everything and anything learn figure things out and even as an adult i think i've i've oh i've done my learning for the day and then i turn on his new episode and i completely just laugh and and love to hear the information um but books right now i am reading um um, i'm actually rereading coherence oh good because here at stone creek that's our our book study that we're all working on as a staff yes quinn and i have had many coherence conversations coherence is freaking awesome and i love it um but i'm rereading coherence and then i'm also um i'm rereading um uh oh my gosh a prayer for owen meany Right oh, I've read that. Well, John Irving right there. I, I read it in high school, yeah. and I recently unpacked a box of books at my house, and I found it just on top, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I need to revisit this. This book is awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rereading that right now. That is a great book, and also The World According to Garp oh, by John Irving. The World According to Garp is really good. Really, really People good. People forget about some of these Catch-22 is another one. That's actually next on my list. Well, and George Clooney just made a movie of that. It's coming out soon. I, I know, and I'm a little afraid. Because yeah. it's, like, it's got a lot know. to live up to. You never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve.